1: Hi,
2: I'm Rachel. And I'm Suzanne. And we are best friends
1: and business partners who understand how our lives and our work are intertwined. And we talk about the challenges that are up for us, because just like you, we're trying to get better all the time. Suzanne, do you believe in dragons? Sometimes when I'm watching Game of Thrones, I do. Well, picture this, okay? you're in a meeting and you are on fire you just believe in something you're selling so much and you look across the table to the person you're pitching and they're they've got their face all screwed up like i don't really i'm not really buying this i'm not so sure which makes you go no 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 really you i need you to believe what i believe and they're just not right and that person becomes this green dragon, crossed arms, the reluctant dragon. And you're holding on to that reluctant dragon's tail for dear life, thinking you're going to drag that dragon along for the ride. That's what this show is about, because that is the wrong thing to do.
2: So today, we're going to talk about what the reluctant dragon actually means. We're going to start out there, what it feels like, what it looks like, and how to recognize one when you see it. And also, Rachel, sometimes the reluctant dragon is you. Does that sound familiar?
1: Yeah, you don't mean just me.
2: No, I actually mean you. Oh, We're yeah. going to get to that later in the show. And importantly, what do you do when you encounter one? Because, Rachel, you have, first of all, this guru in your life. Bill Bowen, who was one of Rachel's old bosses, has provided this podcast with some of the greatest aphorisms aphorisms of, of all time. And so what was his aphorism about the Reluctant
1: Dragon? He said what? Well, there were two related aphorisms. One was no reluctant dragons, never enter a project, never enter a venture, never move forward if the other party on whom you rely is in any way reluctant because – second aphorism – doubts increase. And he said never hold on to the tail of a reluctant dragon. And I wish I could say I have listened to that ever since he said it. It only took 20 years of doing it and failing for me to finally go, you know, Bill Bowen was right. You know, Rachel, I feel like we need some
2: examples. Oh, that's it. Think about when you're doing a pitch for a product and you're in the room and you just know That the people on the other side of the
1: pitch just aren't into it. You're trying to convince them to love it as much as you love it, and it's not happening. But you keep going. You keep going, or you convince them to keep moving ahead, and they're just not as into it. Or you're interviewing for a job, and you're not feeling it. You're just not feeling it, but you come home thinking, well, maybe if I squint my eyes and stand on my head and look at the job this way, and you're just not feeling it.
2: Right, or when you're dating. I mean, this is, this is the one that I think is the most obvious and that has the most telltale signs. When you're reluctant, you have a million questions, and yet
1: you keep holding on to that tail for dear life. I know. I had a therapist. Oh, excuse me. I mean, I had a friend once who had a therapist who said everything you need to know about a relationship you knew in the first 20 minutes. You did. But for whatever reasons, you were like, not looking at that, don't want to see that, don't want to look at it. That is also true when you're hiring someone. Everything you need to know
2: in the interview when you're interviewing someone for a job, you know, I would say in the first five minutes. Yeah. Okay? And if you're reluctant, your doubts are only going to increase.
1: And if you hire them anyway – things will end badly. Or if they're reluctant and you bring them on board, which we've had happen to oh, us. Oh, It's just terrible. If you you can spend the rest someone? of the time trying to convince them that this was the right decision. No. Yeah. So there's also another moment, which is neither relational or professional, which is you're in the seat at a hair salon and you are trying to convince your stylist that this time you want something like new. It's usually like the beginning of summer. Where it's like, I have in mind bangs. And he's like, yeah, you don't really have a forehead or, you know, whatever his thing is. Try Go, you know, I don't know. And you go, no, so no, no.
2: He's the reluctant dragon. He's
1: the reluctant dragon. Uh-huh. And he and you bring out – then you whip out the photos oh, yeah. of like and Andy McDowell. Oh, people yeah. who don't look – a thing like you and you go but so adorable on her and he's like yeah no and you go no 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 and at some point you're paying him so he's like all right and then you walk out looking like a piece of shit yeah so we're gonna save you from all of that today Mm -hmm. i mean can you imagine we're gonna save you
2: from all of that every bit of it yep so let's get started So, Rachel, I feel like we have a recent example of this story, so let's get at it. This is a story of a time when you and I recently were holding on to the tail of a reluctant dragon, and it did end badly. So recently, we were working with a longtime business partner, our friend Andy, and she was tasked, we had asked her actually to do the public relations for us for our new venture, And from the very first meeting about the new venture, we could feel that she was reluctant. She wasn't fully buying in to the idea itself. We knew it. And with each passing conversation,
1: her doubts were actually increasing, not decreasing. Why? Because doubts increase. We know that about reluctant dragons. We do. So why did we keep going, Suzanne. Why did we press on? Well, let's be honest. We needed the work.
2: And she wasn't backing. Andy wasn't backing away from the work. She was subtly saying to us, You guys, I need to be convinced. I need to be convinced, and I'm not. And I'm not convinced. Convince me that this works. And so we kind of went into
1: sales mode. Well, that's the thing. That's the deadly thing about reluctant dragon. If the dragon were a fire-breathing dragon and going, fuck, no, I don't want this, you'd go, okay, next. But a reluctant dragon is going, "Mm, I don't know, maybe, which just triggers for so many Triggers for me, for sure. Sales.
2: Sales mode. So... I think that was part of it. I think part of it was I wanted her so badly to believe in it that I was just almost like on a date. You really want the let's just say it was a guy who was reluctant.
1: I wanted to have him buy it. It wasn't just even the first meeting in the second meeting where we had the meeting with her staff, which didn't feel right. It wasn't. It wasn't forward moving. It was very atypical for her. It wasn't really well structured or energetic. Yeah. Nothing was happening. Yeah. And after that meeting, we had to sort of come to Jesus with her, going, "This doesn't what? No." And we felt her reluctance, but let's just get so. Y- Let's
2: get to the honest part about ourselves. We were holding on to the tail of this reluctant dragon. But what could we have done, Suzanne? What could we have done? We could have ended the contract. We could have said, look, why on earth would we keep a contract with somebody whose job it was to put our project actually out into the world? Why it, would we have kept the contract? But
1: it's too hard. It's too hard for, to go from we're in the middle midstream sales to let's end the contract you know what we should have done what validate her reluctance because that's the first step instead of paving over it like i don't see that i'm not i'm not hearing that to go andy i'm sensing reluctance like we could have said that after have, the first meeting yeah, could or could certainly have. after the second in that phone call to go i'm sensing reluctance let's talk about it. You feel reluctant. That's okay. If you're not into this, it's okay. I believe that when you do that, you can often have them look in the mirror and go, you're right, I'm not into this. And and it. it would have ended better than it ultimately
2: ended, which was badly. So let's talk about how it ended.
1: Well, it ended with her breaking up with us. She fired us. She fired us. She said, I can't do this. I don't believe in it. It was only the second time
2: we've been fired, actually. I mean, literally, she ended the contract right, and said to us, I am ending this contract because I cannot work on a project that I don't believe in. Right.
1: And I feel like that's in the end on us. We hung on to the tail of a reluctant dragon. And that's how it ends. You get thwacked by the tail. And
2: let me just be honest and say... She was correct yep. in ending the contract, yep. right? You and I have said to each other all the time, we cannot do good work on projects we don't believe in. So she was right to do it. We were the ones holding on to the tail of the reluctant dragon. That was on us. Yep. That was on us. But it always ends badly. It always ends badly. And just like on
1: a date, I mean, we got, we got whacked. Right. So... The lessons we learned were, you know, when you're faced with a reluctant dragon in something that you really believe in and care about and they don't, get out. Validate their reluctance first because you're not going to be able to jump out from there. Just validate it, check, take the temperature. It could be about something specific, right? But likely It's like, I actually am not into this. I don't believe it. Right. And recognize that you cannot slay the reluctant dragon. No.
2: No miracle of you, no amount of sales, no amount of charisma ever can slay the reluctant dragon.
1: God knows I only wasted 20 years of my life trying to do that to every reluctant dragon I ever met. Are you referring to me? No. Oh, you were never reluctant for me.
0: Dragons away. Take me through the Buddha, Buddha. You are the King of Things. I am a fake.
2: Life is full of awesome what ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com.
1: How about a little have you noticed, Suzanne? Have you noticed the different conference line protocols that like some – of the clients I work with have conference lines where the pin number is like 14 oh my god numbers long yes. and therefore if I'm on the move or I'm driving or something, I can't I can't do the telephone number and then also find the number oh, it's it is a, it's an awful incredible irritant yeah. Yeah. and it makes me it's, it's the entryway into conversations with the project. So it's always irritating. Whereas other clients I have who are not necessarily better clients, but they have these amazing conference lines where the pin is just like either no pin. By the way, are these conversations so incredibly confidential? Like, Why do they have to be protected like that? Don't love, put a damn
2: pin on love it. Love the no pin conference line. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, Speaking of that, have you noticed this new voicemail protocol that I actually experienced today making a call to somebody who works at Accenture where I called this woman's cell phone and here's what occurred. She didn't pick up, but her answering voicemail said the following. Hey, Suzanne, um, Tracy can't get to the phone. Did she say um? no." No, but it said, hey, Suzanne, Tracy can't get to the phone right now, but leave a message. I'll transcribe it for you and send her an email. That's incredible because she, rec- the
1: not she, the machine recognized your yeah, telephone.
2: Yeah, and right? how much more convenient would it be to receive <sighs> the transcribed version of the voicemail rather than having to sit there and listen and the person recognized who I was? I love that. Loved it. So, Rachel, today we're talking about the reluctant dragon. What happens when you are faced with a person who's just not as into it as you are? The idea, a relationship, a project. And now we're going to turn it towards the question of what happens when you are the reluctant dragon. And you don't leave the scene. And you don't leave the scene when you know something is actually not right. (laughs) You're reluctant, uh, and yet
1: you don't end the relationship. I, I have a story. <laughs> have a Are story. you making the noise? Oh, it was painful. It still is, actually. Um, So I had a friend, Heather, who owned – well, she wasn't always a friend. So she owned a clothing store, the coolest clothing store near me. I mean, really cool. And she – um, and then we became friends. And – um. When we became friends, it was natural for her. She learned about you know, the kind of work we do and she really wanted help. She wanted help for her brand, right? So um, I started to help her and I offered all kinds of things even though I knew that this isn't at all a good fit. This isn't, you know, you and I deal with like big ideas and big. Not like we're not right. We right. don't brand people or products or like products that. or you know. No. We, and there and and I knew it wasn't a good fit. And I was doing all. I kept hanging in there and hanging in there, even though I knew this wasn't good. So you were reluctant. I was completely reluctant, and I knew it was a terrible fit. But I kept on giving her, you know, professional services, and okay. it just. Why? So why? You, of all people... Because she was my
2: friend. Let's get really honest then. You were reluctant. You knew it. Yeah. You're such a self-aware person. Why did you stay in it?
1: Why? (sighs) I felt like, well, part of it was, you know, it was a miracle of me problem, which is, I, I actually did think I could I could slay myself here by going any minute now. This is going to become the kind of thing that I really can have a huge impact on. I just know it. Let's try this angle. Let's try this angle. I really wanted to help her. I really did, and she was very kind of dependent on it. I just knew it wasn't a, the, it wasn't right. Okay, so why did you stay in it? Okay. There was that, and then there was also <laughs> that she was giving me free clothes, beautiful clothes, if I beautiful remember. clothes. She was giving me thousands of dollars of beautiful
2: clothes, right? Because you weren't being paid. If I, I mean, no, right. So that was how you were being paid, right?
1: In beautiful clothes, right? Okay. But it was a that was that part was the deal with the devil. Okay. Okay. You happy wow. now? Wow. This dragon true. looked hot. <laughs>
2: Wow. Okay. Well, so you stayed. You stayed because there was something in it. And then finally, it
1: when it just wasn't happening, um, she disappeared. She just disappeared. So she got out. She got out. I mean, I was just like so reluctant. Well, that's a dark side. There's always a dark side. There's always – it doesn't have to be greed or anything else. But there's always a secret reason that you're either holding on or you're not leaving if you're the reluctant dragon or you're insisting that someone else stay when you – there's always some secret that if you really admit it to yourself, it is, I don't think I can do better or I'm getting something for free here. Now, if I remember correctly – now,
2: you check me if I'm wrong about the timing of this. But sometime in this relationship, you actually, in Heather's presence, were dragged, like dragged, oh my god! dragged true. through the
1: stones oh. by a dog. No, I was staying at her house and she had two honors right? Big, muscular dogs. I love them. And... We were going out for a morning walk and she lives in the woods and I was holding on to the rope leash of one of them and I was at the top. I was closing the door that when the dogs get out, if they – and I know this about Weimaraners. If they get a scent of a deer, it's like uh, – I've been told that it's like a man mid-orgasm. Like you can't freaking stop it. It's like, excuse me, stop. Like they can't. They won't stop. So this dog – I was standing at the top of the stairs. I mean, I could do it physically. And all and I was closing the door and the dog bolted down the driveway with me on the other end of this leash. And I didn't let go of the leash and the dog dragged me about 20 yards on my face on the ground. But first, I was falling from like three large stone steps onto my onto my spine. And then dragged down on my face. When I tell you that the physical... Oh, I remember. Oh, I was completely like wrecked. 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 And then for months, I was like, I don't have any feeling in my fingers. Yeah, I bruised, right. And the lesson from that was so obvious. Now looking <laughs> back, it's like, you know, let go or be dragged on your face on the gravel by a dog. <laughs>
2: This is pretty freaking metaphorical, I'm just saying. (laughs) It really happened. It really
1: happened. eh? eh? eh?
0: eh?
2: So, Rachel, let's each give our, our big takeaway from this show. My big takeaway here is that, for me, honestly, they they can't be slayed. I do think that for me, I do honestly have this trigger that if somebody's reluctant in me, it triggers sales mode. That I do feel like I can out passion, I right. can outsell the reluctant dragon. So a big takeaway for me is
1: you cannot slay the reluctant dragon. Right. What's yours? Other than the fact that I have no source of really great clothes That's for free. It's a bummer. It's a bummer. Is I think the big takeaway for me is that there is an out and it's dignified and kind and fast. And that is valid, allow them to validate their doubts, right? Say you seem reluctant. Don't try to pave over them and don't try to jump to the dump. By going, yeah, you know what? You're not into this. Get the fuck out of my life. There's no need to make an enemy out of a reluctant dragon. You just go, I'm sensing reluctance. And let them cop to it. it it's yeah. just much more dignified. But it does have to end. It does end. It yeah. does end in a very dignified way. Yeah. All right. Where they fire themselves as opposed to firing us. <laughs> yeah, that's always better. That's always better.
0: <laughs> Check it out. Shake it out. Check it out. Check
2: it so this next Check It Out, check it out is really for people out, who live in Chicago or if you're visiting the city and you find yourself near the 500 West Monroe building. Here's what you need to do. You need to walk up to the Motorola concierge desk and just observe for two minutes because there is a guy who works at the desk who is the epitome of the best level of customer service and training I've ever seen in my life anywhere. He is so phenomenal at what he does, his level of energy, his professionalism, his personal traits, his EQ – it's truly stunning, and I just want to say I think that it is partially the culture of the company, partially I think traits that maybe he was born with. But I, it is truly stunning. I think if you can get yourself into the building, they will not kick you out because it's just a
1: lobby. Watch and learn. I'm really sad that we don't know his name, like Howard Stern. We could make oh, him we could like make him a like a celebrity. Character. Yeah, you got to go and find his name. Oh my god, he's amazing. Watch and learn. Okay, So my Check It Out is really for New Yorkers, right? So if you live in New York, you know that pretty much since uh, not this past August but the August before, the subways in New York stopped working. They completely fucking broke down and it's the bane of everybody's existence. And it's horrifying. However, by complete fluke – because I know that this was not – Planned to coincide with the breaking down of the subway. This app, the MTA app, don't get there are lots and lots of apps out there for the subway systems. Get the MTA app is so brilliant and so easy to use with the best user interface. It tells you what time the train is coming, it tells you what planned work there is, it tells you if there's a, you know, sick passenger up the line. It's brilliant. Check it
0: out. Check this motherfucker out.
1: We'll see you
2: next time on The Big Payoff.
0: And don't you know that a puff, that magic dragon, Well, he lived on by the sea And followed in on the autumn list in a land called holiday
1: If you like what you heard, you can find us at bigpayoffradio.com On iTunes, on the ACAST app, or wherever you listen to podcasts, and please, please rate and review us. It matters.
0: Came right from the sea, and it probably did.